0: Film Pulse is supported by the kind donations from listeners like you. Please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Film Pulse for just $1 a month and help keep the podcast on the air. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Film Pulse. This is episode number 258. My name is Adam Patterson. Joining me today, Kevin Rakestraw. How are you?
1: Uh, Pretty good.
0: All right, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: How's that uh, summer weather treating you?
1: Not bad, not bad.
0: Do you anything fun this weekend other than gobs of movies?
1: Uh, I had I went to brunch today.
0: Oh, that was nice. What would you would you have? I
1: had uh, a craft cake melt and uh, an old fashioned.
0: sounds good. Yeah,
1: yeah. Quite good. Enjoyed myself. I think I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna become a brunch guy.
0: I like brunch. I usually try to hit up brunch at least once or twice a month. I like the the mimosas. I'm all about me some mimosas.
1: Yeah, I just I I like that. Just everyone kind of agrees that it's okay to drink at that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like that. I like how we can come together like that.
0: This week on the show, we'll be reviewing Spider-Man Homecoming. That's right, folks. Not only did Kevin go to a theater this weekend, but he also saw a superhero movie.
1: How about that? I saw that Spider-Man,
0: and this is all because
1: a ghost Story* is not playing here. If a ghost story was playing here, that's what I would have seen. But I'm kind of in this mood right now where I'm just like, I just want to go to the movies.
0: Yeah, just, just have a good out. time. Just get go to that cinema.
1: Yeah. yeah, just get out and do something.
0: I think a ghost story is only playing in four theaters right now. <laughs> I think I read <laughs> that.
1: All right. Makes sense.
0: It is playing here. I didn't have a chance to go see it just because my schedule's so packed, but I do plan on it. So, all right. Along with that review, we got some of what we've been watching on the watch list, new releases in theaters. Blu-ray, VOD, all of that fun stuff. Let's dive into the review portion. Spider-Man Homecoming. This is directed by John Watts. I have a synopsis here. Several months after the events of Captain America Civil War, Peter Parker, with the help of his mentor Tony Stark, tries to balance his life as an ordinary high school student in Queens, New York City, while fighting crime as his superhero alter ego, Spider-Man, as a new threat the vulture emerges. Lots of as is in that synopsis as his superhero alter ego, Spider-Man as a new threat, the vulture emerges <laughs> as an ordinary high school student, as his superhero alter ego, as a new threat. That's another winner. That is another winner on the synopsis front on it IMDb. Is,
1: they're so good. They're so good.
0: I mean, even the big ones, even the big ones like this are so poorly written. You would think that there's, like,
1: in some department, there's someone that, like, for these big movies that writes a synopsis that's just really, just airtight.
0: I mean, I get emails, like, I got tons of emails about Spider-Man, press emails, that have the synopsis, and it's a good one. Like, it's a good one, and, you know, with with a lot of movies like this, they give you two. They give you the short one and a long one. And you can choose which one you want to do. The short one will be perfect for IMDb. But then you have this thing in here, which does this
1: say? Usually it'll say who wrote it'll it. It'll say.
0: It doesn't say on this one, though. Like but normally yeah, you can click on it. IMDb,
1: but... it's only allowed to be someone that, you know, isn't in the movie business.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: I, I have no idea. I don't know. It just seems that way, doesn't it?
0: It, it is a lot, a lot of times. Because users can go in and add and edit those things so a lot of times the ones that we read when they're like really really bad they're from users yeah but just i mean just jump in there and be like spider-man does spider-man things well also you can add there can be multiple you can add multiple summaries too so there doesn't have to be just one but in this case normally there's like a little thing by it where you can click on it to read more and it's not there Hmm. at least on mine so this is the only one there is Anyway, this stars Tom Holland, Michael Keaton, Robert Downey Jr., Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, Gwyneth Paltrow's in there for one scene, Zendaya, Donald Glover. Uh, am I missing it? Oh, Bokeem Woodbine. How Bokeem. can I forget? How can I forget Bokeem Woodbine? Hannibal yeah. Burris does a nice cameo in there, too. I guess it's not a cameo. It's really just a small part. Uh, since you're the resident superhero expert, Kevin, we'll, we'll start it with you. Uh, who would you think of Spider-Man Homecoming?
1: Uh, I was actually somewhat pleasantly surprised with Spider-Man: Homecoming. It was it was a nice change of pace from the uh, what we've been kind of getting used to with these superhero movies, you know, where they're all kind of like dark, and they're dealing with morality and all that. Whatnot. Yeah. Ugh.
0: God. This. Yeah. This one is definitely very very light. I would compare it to Ant-Man. It's maybe even lighter than Ant-Man, but it's bright and it's colorful yeah there's actually there's a sun there's a
1: sun in this world
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i like that i like that aesthetic i mean it's so rare that we see superhero movies even even the marvel ones which are decidedly more colorful than the dc ones they're still a lot of times pretty dark and gritty overall but this one yeah this one just basks in the sunlight and i like that and it's kind of what you know, going into it, it's
1: essentially, because I didn't see the, what did he show up at the end of, like uh, Captain America? Yeah, Civil War. Is that where he was like introduced, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Holland.
0: See, I, so I didn't see that. So I didn't really well, know. you did. You did see it because. Did I? Well, the beginning of this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. The fight yeah. where he should. But I mean, so, go,
1: going, going into this movie, my right, expectation, right. was just kind of like, from what, kind of what you told me a little bit about, it was like a you know. I'm just I'm looking for a fun time and I want my Spider-Man to be a wisecracking teenager and I pretty much got that I mean the only like the big big thing for me that just kind of took me out of this movie is that Iron Man keeps showing up and I don't want Iron Man to show up anymore like how many movies is this guy fucking in now he's in all of them
0: I don't think that's going to last much longer, honestly. It's got to be over at it, some it was, point. He, th- This was set up in, in Civil War, so Tony Stark was the one that kind of recruited Spider-Man. So as he says in the movie, he feels responsible for this kid, so he's kind of always looking out for him, and anytime he thinks he's in trouble, he kind of comes in and helps him out. But I think that that's going to be something that, I'm sure that there's going to be a Spider-Man Homecoming 2 or whatever it's going to be called. And I'm sure that they're going to pull back on the Iron Man stuff in that one.
1: I hope so. I hope so. Because honestly,
0: every time he showed up, I was just
1: like, God damn, Iron Man again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think all of my favorite action sequences were the ones without Iron Man. Yeah. I like Iron Man, uh, and I think that it's, I didn't mind him being in this, but I would always prefer the stuff. I, I mean, some of the most fun I had with this movie were the scenes, as far as the action scenes go, were the ones that were like, kind of like the smaller ones, like the arms deal scene, and yeah. when he's just busting up small crimes and not doing anything, you know, major. The Staten Island Ferry scene, which is probably one of the biggest sequences in the movie that was given away in the trailer so that wasn't a big surprise and that had some cool stuff at the beginning but then once the stakes were raised higher i was just i wasn't as interested in it yeah. i like and but see the thing is like with this they they kept it a, a lower stakes game than in a lot of the other uh marvel movies like it wasn't this world ending thing they kept it somewhat Yeah. You know, Grounded. Kind of more grounded than beams in the sky and all of that. Yeah. Which I did I was a little I was worried at first because the way this movie starts out with
1: him like kinda like documenting everything with his phone. I was like, Oh god, it's like this is so obnoxious and just this is not what I want. Please don't be like this. And thankfully That was just the intro. Yeah, it was just the intro and thank God it went it went differently.
0: Yeah, they they just put that in there to catch everybody up, I guess. If they didn't see Civil War, just as a refresher to yeah. s- to, so we understand how he fits into this world this, and I'm also this cinematic universe. I'm also kind of a fan of how they did the Vulture. It's <laughs> like it's just like
1: real quick blurb of like, so this is what he did before, and now you can kind of understand. And then they're just like eight years later. Yep. He's the vulture. <laughs> it's like oh, thank goodness.
0: Yeah, I I feel like I feel like Marvel's just done with the whole origin story thing. I think that they know that we're done with origin stories and we and we just don't need them anymore. Like it seems like Black Panther is going to go that route too cuz he cuz Black Panther was introduced in Civil War and he had they didn't bother with an origin with him either. So I'm hoping that they they do the same thing and I hope that they kind of do the same thing for a lot of the villains as well like with with vulture we did get an origin but it was like you said they, they got in and got out like they, yeah. they set up exactly what they needed to do and Skip you, you know who this guy is too yeah. like and you can you can figure you know out his motivations right from the beginning yeah and you can you can piece together his origin story by yourself you
1: don't need the, the film to do that for you right exactly like, I yeah I, I see why he's the vulture i got that
0: yeah i appreciated that as well um I mean, the big thing for me with this movie, which uh, I liked a lot, uh, didn't love it, but uh, I thought it was it was a lot of fun. The, the comedy, I thought the humor in it was really good. Like you said, Spider-Man is, is always wisecracking. That's kind of his character. He's always making jokes while he's fighting and doing stuff. And he's always kind of keeping things light, even when things are not looking really good for him. And they do that in this, and I think that they do this, they do it more than in the other Spider-Man movies, a lot more, actually. Like, he's always wisecracking. And I thought, for the most part, it landed, like, I thought it was really funny. There were a lot of uh, funny moments in this movie, for me, at least. Yeah, I was actually, I think I enjoyed
1: the, the non-action stuff more so than the actual action. Oh, me too. Absolutely. I just, I just, I just wanted him to like hang out with his friends more. Like they could have just had his him not being Spider Man and just doing, just doing the uh, the trivia stuff.
0: Well, I was just thinking like they could have him be Spider Man, like have him use his powers like in just a high school setting. You know, just do stuff. Him subtly using his powers and stuff because <laughs> that would be totally cool with that too. I like the whole kind of John Hughes aspect well, of it where it's it is kind of a high school. Teen movie, and I yeah. liked that a lot because I thought it worked. I think it's tough to to make something like that work within a superhero movie because they've tried it several times in the Spider Man movies, and I felt like it never really quite landed. But in this one, I thought that it, it really did work.
1: Yeah, the, I mean the the the, uh, the main gripe that I had with the actual like Spider Man portion, like Spider Man himself, it's just there's a lot of times where he just he looked odd. Just like the movement stuff, like the CGI of it. Just, it, I don't know. I guess like the, the motion capture that they were doing or whatever. I don't know. Just It just didn't look right.
0: There were a couple times that I noticed some kind of overly animated scenes. That didn't bother me so much. I'll tell you what the biggest the biggest gripe I had in this movie. And this is such a small thing and it seems so stupid for me to even mention it. But... There's a, there's a scene towards the end of the film where it's, it's near the climax where he is, uh, I'm not going to give out any spoilers here, but he's trapped. Spider-Man's trapped. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a scene where he looks in his own reflection in this like puddle that's near him. Uh, yeah. And there's this like voiceover of Tony Stark speaking in his head. And that gives him the will to, to get up and, I thought that that was so poorly done. I was just like, yeah. what is this? This is, is so awful. It was
1: terrible. That was terrible. And the the thing, and I mean, this isn't like a major right to me. This is just something that I was kind of like, why is that? You know what I mean? Where you kind of just question things. <clears throat> Not a huge knock against it, but there's a scene where he's he has the, the super suit or whatever the hell you want to call it that he gets from Tony Stark, right? And he's inside that that trailer, and he tries to jump out, but the the trailer top is closed, and he hits it, and it knocks him out. And then he wakes up, and Karen, the voice that's in his suit, which I don't, I don't, I don't know about this whole suit thing. I don't know if I like this suit. I don't know has. what to
0: think about that either. Honestly, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. I don't know how I feel about Karen and the whole yeah. suit
1: thing. But it's just, it's a bit too high tech. It's, to me, Spider Man's supposed to be, you know low tech. but So that it, that knocks him out. And he wakes up and Karen's like, you have a mild concussion. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And then the scene that you're talking about, he doesn't have a special suit anymore. And something a lot worse than the top of a trailer happens to him. And he's just fine. He's fine.
0: He's completely okay. The trailer yeah. gives him concussion. But the other thing,
1: yes, no big deal.
0: Maybe it's just the... I mean, he does have kind of superpowers. So maybe it was the, the force of him jumping... And hitting his head against that thing was enough. It hit it just the right way. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> trying to come up with excuses. Like I said, it's just not a big, it's not
1: a big thing for me that was like completely undermined my enjoyment. I'm just kind of like, that seems odd that he, my man, can't handle trying to jump out of a trailer. It's a funny scene though. Yeah, and but you know what I mean. That incapacitates him, but other things not so much. So it seems like trailers. Are his weak point maybe <laughs> I don't know I don't know if they're gonna play on this in the sequel but I think that's how you take down Spider-Man
0: I liked uh, a lot of the alien tech that was used in this I liked the the thing that Shocker who's played I didn't know the Bokeem Woodbine would be Shocker I didn't look that up or anything so that was a surprise for me and I was like holy crap that's awesome that he's he's playing Shocker because Shocker's I don't think the Spider-Man villains are very good um, I mean, there's a few iconic, like Dr. Octopus and Green Goblin. But I always liked Shocker for some reason. And he, I, I like him as that character. Uh, but I like that weapon that he had. And I, I thought that the the thing that he, they used to get into the trailer, the thing that like uh, like the matter thing, that, yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought that was a cool thing. But getting back to the suit, I think it's a little bit overpowered, the suit. It's just a little bit too much. I mean, a lot of the stuff that he uses... You see in the various comics and cartoons and things like the the webs under his arms that help him glide and stuff, but the other stuff that like helps him hear people from far away and gives him tells him like when to jump and where to go and stuff. I feel like that's a little bit. It's like yeah, and that's what he doesn't like. like, I feel like it diminishes his abilities a little bit. Yeah, does he need Google Maps in his suit? Yeah, exactly. But, but then again, I think some of the upgrades are pretty cool. Like the, uh, the taser web is cool. And some of the other, some of the other upgrades are cool, but I've said this before. I think maybe on Ryan watches a movie that's, that came out. Um, I like that they came up with a way to have him be show expression with the mask on with the eyes Mm -hmm. that, that move. Um, because that was always something that they showed in the comic books and in the cartoons, but you couldn't really translate that to a live action movie. Cause it like, how would that, you know, how would that work? And the, the way that they came up with, with the, how there's like, I don't know what it is like metal things that go up and down. I think that's cool. And I thought, I thought, and then there was, they also used it in a funny scene when it was like malfunctioning when he landed <laughs> yeah. in the backyard. <laughs> that was funny.
1: I do – yeah, I do like the one bit that they put in just kind of for the comic relief where he has that, like, instant kill oh or whatever. (laughs) Which, which to me, was like, oh, man, like (laughs) that's not Spider-Man. But, you know, you kind of realize that they're just using it for the comic effect. But at the same time, it's like this – there's a part of me that feels like this isn't Spider-Man, but it is. I don't know. Like, you're trying to to update him, and I just – like you kinda of said where it's like he he kinda of seems overpowering now.
0: Well, we'll see what happens because this is the first time he's using this suit. A lot of the stuff like he wasn't even supposed to be using a lot of the stuff that he was using. Yeah. And maybe he's gonna come up with changes or omissions on his own in the future. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you remember yeah. this is like this the first
0: would- suit that that Tony Stark made for him, so he doesn't really know what what this guy wants to do or you know how he does things plus um this suit was made for when he was fighting in civil war so he probably made it beefier so that he could fight like the hulk and stuff yeah but yeah uh i I think some parts of i I think the suit looks cool like visually i think it looks really good um it has that kind of classic look but it's also modernized a bit that now the suit well Man, I don't know if that's a. Spoiler. There's another suit that comes into play later, like an even more advanced suit, and that one I was just like, no, no, I hope it <laughs> doesn't put that one on. Yeah, that no. That's I didn't like that is, one. No, thank you. Yeah, I liked Michael Keaton as Vulture. I thought he was a good villain. I thought he was just. I, just, I and, did
1: really. I and they don't really do too much with it, which I think was kind of a missed opportunity. But I did really find it interesting where they kind of. They, you know, kind of framed him and Spider-Man kind of as the same, where they're kind of like working class. And they're just being, Mm -hmm. you know, how he loses his job to the, what
0: was it, the Department of... Cleanup? Department of Cleanup or something? Damage control. Department of Damage Control. That's it. So, you know,
1: which I think that's a good angle. But they just didn't really seem to do too much with it. But I thought that that was a really, that was an area ripe for diving into.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think it's kind of cool that they did add a little social commentary in there with it, and you're right, they didn't dive into it too deeply, but when you look back, I mean, it was basically his everything that drove Michael Keaton was about that, so it was kind of the foundation that he had moving forward. Um, I don't know, know. I liked the... The Donald Glover um, scenes. I wanted more of him. And I think we're going to get more of him. Because he's actually going to be... His character is actually a... I don't know if it's like a villain or a hero or an anti-hero or what he's going to be. But he's going to be somebody. And I think... What is his name? Prowler, I think, is his name. Oh, okay. So he's actually going to be somebody.
1: I thought
0: so. so. The interesting thing about his character... In the movies, name's Aaron Davis. That character is from the Miles Morales Spider-Man series, I believe. So I don't know if that means that maybe in the future we're going to see Miles Morales as the new Spider-Man or second Spider-Man or what. Hmm. That could be cool. I guess, maybe. I don't know if we need to get out of hand with these Spider-Mans. The comic books got way out of hand. There was like oh, an army of Spider-Mans. spider man everywhere. That's, see that
1: doesn't. That sounds like a terrible idea. I liked, that, uh, like. Spider-Man. I like
0: that that John Favreau played a bigger role in this one as Happy. How he was sort of Peter's caretaker. Yeah, I did like that angle because he's really funny. I mean his his character in these movies is really funny. I always loved it when he showed up in the Iron Man movies, but he'd always had mm, smaller roles. But in this one, I felt like they gave him a lot to work with. Yeah. The only problem with that is, is then you know that the obnoxious shithead Iron Man's going to show up. <laughs> he's going to be back
1: there somewhere. It, yeah. He's, you know he's just waiting to pop in and do his stupid-ass one-liners and jokes and whatnot, cracking wise.
0: Now, the big just... question I have for you. Hmm. Tom Holland. Yeah, hmm. I liked him. I wow. liked him. I mean, Heart? he's a
1: bit... Uh, I don't... His voice. Like, how... How do they keep finding people that sound exactly like Michael J. Fox? <laughs> How do they do this? I don't know. because like that's all I could think of the whole time, just like he, he sounds exactly like Michael J. Fox. He seems to his mannerisms are kind of the same. It seems like but overall, I thought he was I thought he was pretty good.
0: I felt like his New York accent kind of came and went throughout the movie, but it didn't yeah, bother little, me.: Yeah, a little it bit. It Didn't really bother me too much. No, because at least it wasn't
1: terrible.
0: I did like uh, the interrogation mode that, this, yeah. this, that the suit had. But thought that was funny. It's a, I, think, I mean, in all honesty, I think this
1: movie really worked because of all the um, the supporting roles, like all of his friends. Like the guy oh, yeah. who plays Ned, I thought he was great. Um, the I thought it was – I wasn't expecting to see Abraham Atta in this movie, the kid from uh, Beast of No Nations. Mm-hmm. He was he was
0: really funny, uh,
1: yeah. Just the, like their whole group, like him and and Martin Starr too. Just oh and, yeah, <laughs> that was a surprise to see Martin Starr as the teacher. Just all their stuff, all their stuff was just it was so it was fun. I enjoyed that stuff and the and um, what's her name Zendaya?
0: Zendaya, yeah, yeah she, she was, was really funny. funny. I, yeah, I like <laughs> the scene when she just gave him the finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I had a blast with this movie. I thought it was really fun. I I don't know. I didn't go I wouldn't go that far, but I did enjoy myself. I w I wasn't I wasn't entirely let down, which was good. And that's all we could hope for <laughs> with when it comes to Kevin watching these types of movies. Now what about the runtime? Yeah. It's over two hours going was in, that an issue. Going into that was
1: I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And I did feel it at times. Like, speed this shit up.
0: It didn't really affect me. Like, I didn't feel like it was feeling long in the tooth or anything like that. I, mean, I was, I was cool with the runtime. First fix: get Iron Man out of there.
1: Boom! You're probably down to like one thirty, one forty-five, maybe. Get Iron Man out.
0: Oh, maybe, maybe in the next one he won't be in it. I, I can't imagine that he's going to be doing these Marvel movies much longer. <laughs> so I don't think he can get out now. I think he's, this is he's his stuck. life forever. This is his life.
1: And he's got to keep that fucking beard, whatever the hell that thing is. It's probably a goatee thing. Yeah. What, I don't know whose decision that was.
0: It's from the comics. Oh, uh, he has that in the comic books too? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. I just, I don't, All like, right.
1: I don't like my Iron Man. I'm just not a fan of that Iron Man.
0: I saw this in the, the Dolby Atmos theater, so it was pretty awesome. I I don't know why anybody would not choose to go see a movie in that theater if they had the if they had the opportunity to go see it, i mean maybe the price is expensive but we, those theaters are so awesome i did
1: have there was there was a young couple behind us and both of them kicked our chairs the entire time but what? The, the the girl in the couple um whenever she found something funny she just repeated it verbatim oh i hate that i hate it when people do that but like it was really interesting after a while because it was repeated verbatim, and just like no no inflections whatsoever, just completely deadpan. Just would repeat it, and I just
0: I'm just so perplexed by this. Hmm. Like I don't know what you get out of that, just repeating what you hear. I guess acknowledging that she thought it was humorous. Yes, I don't know. I mean, there's laughing, but maybe that's asking too much. You you know what drives me crazy? This I is off know. topic. <laughs> When somebody will say something funny, and then somebody else repeats that, but they say like, "He said, he said, get a job," you know, like where they 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 repeat it, but they put the he said or she said in front, yeah, before it. Have you heard that before? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if I have, but she Lisa. listen out for it because it drives me crazy when somebody does that. Like they're laughing. Cause they found it to be really funny and they're like oh, he said blah, blah, blah. and i'm just like shut up i heard what he said i'd be laughing if i thought it was funny clearly i didn't anyway i think
1: that's gonna be my new thing i'm just gonna repeat things back verbatim
0: with no with no, no emotion behind it just either. just straight, monotone.
1: Just straight nice. monotone
0: go for it I'm i think gonna, you should i'm
1: gonna test run it this week i'll get back to you next week
0: and see how people react yeah could have used mm.
1: more uh, Bokeem Woodbine too. I did. I, I got super excited when he became the Shocker.
0: He'll be back, guaranteed. Guaranteed, he'll be back. All right, let's give this thing a score. I'm gonna throw out a seven on this one. Yeah. I'm looking at a seven, seven point five, somewhere in in between there. All right, I'm gonna give it uh, six. All right, high praise from Kevin. You know it. Go check out Spider-Man: Homecoming in theaters now. Probably gonna. I didn't see how it was doing at the box office, but I I imagine it's doing quite well. I just realized
1: something, because I kept wondering who the first shocker was. It's the guy from the invitation.
0: Oh, he looked familiar to me, but I couldn't place him. Same here. I finally just remembered to look him up. It's the guy from the invitation. Uh, I also mentioned that I like Hannibal Burris as the gym teacher, the I also, coach, I was... and all of the Captain America. PSA videos.
1: I also, there was
0: the, there was just
1: one teacher like in the background when they were like walking through, like walking through the halls. And I was like, that looks like Tunde from TV on the radio. I'm like, but no, they wouldn't get him to just be like a teacher in the background. And then sure enough, I look him up and yeah, it's the lead singer of TV on the radio, just having a bit part as a teacher standing in the background.
0: Maybe he'll, maybe he'll make, have a bigger role later. Maybe he had something that was cut out. Maybe. That's true. They tend to do that in these movies. They they get like cameos and stuff, and then realize they can't fit them in, have to cut them out.
1: Yeah. Well, they should have kept cutting because there's no need for this movie to be like what is it, two hours and fifteen minutes long?
0: Come on. Yeah. Two thirteen.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: Quit it. It's still it's still way smaller in in scope and in scale than a lot of the other big Marvel event movies. It's nowhere near as big as Civil War or the, the Avenger, the um yeah, the Avengers movies. So I, I appreciated that. I'd say it was like bigger than, it was bigger than Dr. Strange. I thought Dr. Strange was even tighter, but yeah, another, another win for Marvel. So Spider-Man homecoming, I'd say, check it out. All right, let's move on. Talk about someone watching on the watch list. Ken, what do you got? Uh, baby driver. Oh, some, some baby driver. I saw your review on letterbox for this. Did you enjoy it? Did you like it? Did you heart it?
1: Let me check real quick.
0: No, I didn't heart it. <laughs> Man, talk about it now. This was a letdown. Uh, you know, I wish there was Jesus. something like, a, I wish it was instead of a heart, it was like there was like a bear trap <laughs> that, that for movies that you just don't the, like. Like just click the bear trap.
1: Just like the finger. Just the <laughs> giant middle finger. But yeah, this was, and this was kind of, Because I did this on July 4th. So this was after we we recorded, right? So this one was kind of the same thing, which is why I was still a little bit leery going into Spider-Man. Because I was going into Baby Driver because everyone's pretty much, you know, all their reviews pretty much good. All positive, right? So we decided to go. And I'm thinking, well, I know that it's, I'm not going to love it. That's probably not going to happen. If it does, awesome. But temper my expectations. And again, just want to have a fun time which the first sequence i thought was great high energy had a lot of fun with it and then just everything from there on just, i wasn't a fan except for like kevin spacey just getting to be you know let kevin spacey do his thing yeah spacey's great i always enjoy that no matter how like shitty the movie is if you just let kevin spacey do his thing i'm on board with that portion of but like the 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 love story aspect of it god that was a, that was just terrible that was just like the writing in that was just awful the dialogue was so hokey and just like they're on their first date and she's like you can tell me anything and it's just like seriously this is it's like a default yeah, it's like a default script like you couldn't add anything to it you're just using it's just like he pulled things from other movies just add something to it
0: I just I I I thought there was, was nothing there
1: I just felt that there was nothing there. And then for
0: like in that middle
1: portion of it. It's just, it takes up so much time.
0: Well, I, I think that the, the movie is best at the beginning. I think the first act of that movie is way better than anything that precedes it. Like I said that in my review, I think that it's unfortunate that it had such a strong opening because everything after it feels like not as good, but to your Which, point about the hokiness, I would agree that it is somewhat hokey, but I would say that it's intentionally hokey. Like, yeah, I, I took it like it was supposed to be that kind of tongue in cheek. Which, yeah, and there's a part of me that understands that. I just,
1: I don't think with that, I don't think he does hokiness well, the tongue in cheek hokiness of it. And it just, it just didn't feel right. It just felt
0: terrible to me, you know. And all this for me, all the stuff in between the heist was just more or less filler. It was just a buffer to get us. Yeah, but I mean, at least have some decent writing in there. I thought that the 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 characters, other than Kevin Spacey, were pretty flat as well. Like that was the other big criticism I had with this movie is I thought the characters were basically non-existent.
1: Yeah, it was just like just some better writing in there. I think would have just really turned this one around. But there is that part of me that wonders. Because that opening sequence is so good, like say you flip that and put like maybe the armored car as the first one. And you right. put you put that one as like the next to last one, the opener, you know, would that change things? Would it would that change my my outlook on it? I don't know. Maybe. But it's kind of like the I kinda had the issue with World's End too, where it's like I get some I get a lot of the stuff and like to me it's clever and kind of cute. At the same time, it's just it wasn't enough for me. Like I didn't find it fun or funny or humorous or anything. I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, I see what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I I felt that way more so with At World's End. I was I was disappointed with At World's End. I think we reviewed that on the show. I think so. I
1: think I, yeah, but we were both kind of disappointed with that one. Yeah,
0: we're both kind of lukewarm on that one. But I had a lot of fun with Baby Driver. I thought it was I had a good time with it. I felt I felt like the the high energy and the fun action sequences made up for the lack of um, a, a really in-depth developed narrative and characters. Unfortunately, it didn't
1: work out for me. Didn't like that baby hmm.
0: driver. Yeah. That's, that is a shame. That's a damn shame. I hated that
1: soundtrack too.
0: I liked it. I thought, I thought the soundtrack was pretty good. It's a bunch of shit in there. Well, if you hated the soundtrack, that's going to, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, like a deal right that's like a deal breaker right there. Like my one. wife, my wife didn't like the soundtrack either. And that, Almost ruined the movie for her yeah so. I think,
1: and i'm already kind of like adverse to like the the whole pop pop song soundtrack type deal you know so i'm already adverse to it and then you're using songs that i don't really enjoy just makes it it's kind of tough to overcome i did enjoy the boards of canada one but that was only used for like and see, that's another thing where it's like, did you have to put music there? Like, yeah. I was like, cool. Boards of Canada. But it lasts for like seven seconds. Like, Yeah, that's what they
0: did with the Run the Jewels one, too. Yeah, that that like, was like yeah. real quick. Do you need to have music nonstop? I think that's kind of the whole point of the the movie. That Anyway, <laughs> Baby Driver's playing in theaters now, if you want it's to check gonna, that out.
1: I was going to say, your attempts are futile. Just,
0: just chalk it oh, up. I'm go. <laughs>
1: agree to disagree we'll just move on. we both pretty much agreed on spider-man
0: now just take that <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna take that as a win we're gonna take that as a win and move on exactly well you and, you and i don't disagree very often though about yeah. movies so yeah. it's, and
1: i definitely didn't think rarity. baby driver was gonna be the one to be honest with you going
0: into it yeah i thought you were gonna like it i thought so too hmm all right there we go uh i saw a cure for wellness This is directed by Gore Verbinski. It's the one that came out it came out this year. It was like early this year, like February, I want to say. Really? Finally got a chance to take a look at this one. This (laughs) movie is like two hours and forty five minutes long. I mean, I don't know (laughs) if I didn't realize that when it first came out, or didn't note it, or just forgot, but I sat down to watch this and I'm like, holy shit, this movie is so long. Why is it so long? It's so bloated. That's the big problem with this movie. There is so much going on in this movie. It's just, it's too much. They needed to trim it, plain and simple. Other than that, it's it's pretty solid. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I, I had fun with it. There was some really intensely creepy kind of make you squirm in your chair type sequences. Yeah. A lot of which involving eels. I was
1: just going to say, because the black keywords for this, spa, Switzerland, Swiss Alps, masturbation, eels. Like... That's a that's a movie right there.
0: The masturbation. I don't even know what that's referring I to. I know what's before eels. So the eels are very prominent. They they play a very prominent role. You in think this.
1: eels should be like two? So it should maybe eels Switzerland.
0: Maybe so. If you're not familiar, stars Dane DeHaan as this uh, executive who is sent by his company to retrieve this board member who basically committed himself to this spa in the Alps. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that this spa, there's a lot of weird shit going on here. And Dane DeHaan, he tries to leave, but he gets in a car accident. And so he's basically breaks his leg and he's kind of stuck there till he heals up. And then he realizes like, okay, well, they're not letting me leave. There's something very wrong going on here. So it's just him trying to figure out what's going on all the while trying to find this doctor or not doctor, this executive who he's supposed to bring back uh, because their company is merging with another company and they need him to sign off on the paperwork and all of that stuff reasons. And it's uh, visual visually. It's really strong. There's a lot of really strong visuals going on here. Definitely my style. Uh, I was really into pretty much all of the cinematography, super creepy, uh, there, there was this weird, cause he has this giant cast on his leg that goes from his foot all the way up to the top of his thigh. But he's like wearing dress slacks throughout, throughout the whole movie. And then sometimes he'll be wearing like a, like a hospital style, like scrubs. And the whole time I'm just like, how's this dude getting these pants on? And I was just so hung up on like, is he cutting the leg off? Cause it doesn't look like the leg on that side is cut off. It looks like it's actually inside the cast, and it's like, what is going on here? And then they finally do show it at one point what's going on, which is that he cuts—he's cutting the leg off. And I'm like, why would you cut the leg off of all your pants like that? That's like seems like such—this is a big executive guy's these pants. These slacks are probably really expensive. Yeah, plus they're probably tailor fit. Oh yeah. And now you oh, gotta yeah. buy all new pants as soon as you get that cast off. Yep. Exactly. Gotta buy all new pants. I was really hung up on that for some reason. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I would give it a very light recommend. For you, no. no. Absolutely not.
1: I was actually slightly interested in this one.
0: It's the runtime. That's going to kill you. I don't know. That That's the big thing. You said I
1: would like Baby Driver.
0: All right. Well, then then go. No, I don't know. I didn't know that it was 2 hours and 25 minutes.
1: That's... 45. Forty five. Jesus
0: Christ. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean if I'm probably doing it, I might as well invest and in just watch
0: a fucking live Diaz then. It's it's long. And it it feels long too. That's the thing. Like you feel that length. Yeah, it's not a brisk just under three hours. Yeah. And there's some cool twists and stuff. I was like really concerned that it was gonna go down the psychological thriller. Path that like Shutter Island went down, where you're like, oh no, they're saying he's a patient. Like, is he actually crazy? And he, all this stuff is in his head, and blah blah blah. And like at one point, they're like saying like you're hallucinating, and, all, and I'm like, oh god, here we go. This is one of these movies, but where they go with it is not is not that um, stereotypical. It's not that much of a trope. So it's not one of those. Turns out his multiple personality. Right. No, it wasn't, wasn't that it wasn't that he was a patient the whole time and none of it was real. Like I'll say that right up front it is not one of those. So I was thankful for that at least, (laughs) but there's some really stupid shit that happens. (laughs) I'll tell you that. Does it involve the eels? Oh, there's a, there's some really crazy stuff that happens with the eels. Some really gross stuff that was pretty awesome but really difficult to watch. Hmm. Anyway, that's Cure for Wellness. That's out on VOD and Blu-ray and all those platforms now.
1: I watched all the movies that we can't talk about.
0: Yeah. Because all the other stuff is the Asian
1: Film Festival.
0: Yeah. I've been, yeah, cranking out nothing but uh, films at the New York Asian Film Festival. The only other one I saw was a movie called Turn It Around, The Story of East Bay Punk, which is barely worth mentioning. This movie doesn't come out until, I don't even know when. When does this come out? The end of the month, the 27th. There's no embargo or anything on it, and I doubt we're going to review it on the show. So, I can say that I did not enjoy this movie at all. This is another yeah. one. It's, like, almost three hours long. It's a rock doc about the history of punk, punk rock music in the East Bay area, uh, specifically Berkeley, and... It's produced by Green Day, so you have a lot of Green Day in there. Is it Green Day heavy? Well, it's not as heavy as I expected it to be, but you know they're they're a pretty big part of that. The history behind that area because they they came from that area, and you know, uh, but like bands like Rancid came from that area too, and they have interviews with everybody from from Rancid and all the various bands that the, all those guys played in, like Operation Ivy and all that stuff. Yeah. and um it's narrated by Iggy Pop. Now I'm a big fan of this this kind of music. Uh, I was a huge fan of punk music growing up and I so I was interested in this documentary just to see you know the history behind the East Bay punk movement because I liked a lot of the bands that came out of there like Jawbreaker and some of the other guys. Uh but this movie is so st- uh messy it's like it's like schizophrenic this movie it's it's all over the place there's just like fragments of ideas that are just kind of thrown together and one idea needs leads to the next thing there's no there's no flow to it at all like a lot of the movie talks about uh Gilman street the Gilman street project which was this big it was a it was a venue that uh, punk bands played and it was like one of the only venues in the area. and it was it, it became super famous because it like launched the careers of um, Green Day and Rancid and Operation Ivy and all those guys. And so it's like talks a lot a lot about the venue itself, but then yeah. it'll just kind of steer off and talk about the history of this band or that band or this one photographer that was involved in the scene. And it's just, there's no, it's so unorganized that it's not enjoyable to watch whatsoever. <laughs> and then every now and then, like every, and it's like broken up into chapters for some reason, but the chapters have, they, they have no merit because everything just kind of is a giant pile. Everything's just thrown in together. There's yeah. no theme to any of the chapters other than maybe the fact that the movie does sort of go in chronological order. It starts in the late 70s, very early 80s, and goes through the mid-90s. So it spans a lot of time. So I understand there's a lot of stuff that happened during that time, but guys, just keep it concise <laughs> like, because it is just all over the place. That's, that's, that's not out yet. It's coming out on the 20s, 28th, I think. Sounds like they so. keep it that way. Yeah, it's called "Turn It Around, the Story of East Bay Punk. Eh, not worth it. Not worth it. It's got some good music. I mean, it was kind of. I felt nostalgic while I was watching it, but yeah. But it also
1: sounds like you could just listen, just listen to it, the just CDs, yeah, it, just yeah. YouTube get stuck in like a rabbit hole while you're looking shit up on that time period. You know what I mean? You can recreate that on your computer yourself,
0: right? And the cool thing is, a lot of the like old. Um, punk compilations because before we had Spotify and all of those and even like Napster and all that stuff the the only way one of the only ways to find new music was to buy compilation CDs like you just buy these really super cheap compilations that would have like 20 30 tracks on and it would just have all these different bands and you can find most of those compilations on Spotify now so it's really cool
1: it is I like do do record companies do that now
0: because you remember they think, no. you know, the record company would do
1: that, you know, where there would be like all the bands and like some of the, you know, like some of their new signings, they'd put out a compilation disc of all the
0: Yeah. They don't I don't think they do that anymore.
1: That was fun. I missed that.
0: I mean maybe some of the indies still do it, like maybe like Epitaph and some of those indie labels still still do that kind of stuff. Like maybe Sub Pop or one of those is yeah. Sub Pop even around anymore? I don't even know. I
1: don't know. Maybe
0: yeah i don't know if i don't know if comp cds are still even a thing anyway
1: yeah i guess it's just a spotify playlist now
0: yeah you just i mean people don't even release albums hardly at all anymore it's just like singles these days you just release a new track music's weird now man the state of music is weird
1: yeah but there's a lot of it which is overwhelming too oh yeah it's awesome because it's like man i could just sit here and discover music all day but at the same time, it's just—it's kind of like a daunting task.
0: I mean, I'm saving money because I used to just blind buy CDs because I wouldn't—I yeah. wouldn't be able to listen to anything. So I just, I, so many CDs I would just blind buy, and they were just such crap. <laughs> like, like it looked cool, and it turns out to be like a Christian rock CD. Yeah, that's,
1: that was my
0: first memory. <laughs> <laughs> like, like remember listening to that in your car, yeah. and we're just like, yeah. did he just say like? Christ <laughs> died on the cross for us? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I think those
1: circumstances, like, you should have to put that on the front. Like, if you're going to have parental advisory stickers, there should be, like, you know... Christian like a, advisory. Yeah.
0: It should be, man. Yeah, that was a bummer. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move on and talk about some new releases. This is for... July 14th, this Friday, we got War for the Planet of the Apes. That's the biggie. You know, I'm I'm coming around on this one. Everybody's saying great things about it. And it, for the longest time, I was like, it just doesn't look that interesting to me. But the trailer that I saw during Spider-Man, I was like, okay, all i right, right, I'm, I'm going to go check this out now. It wasn't the best trailer, but it sort of just turned me around on it where... I just want to see these apes go to war because the the animation quality looks so awesome. We'll talk about it more on Ryan Watch's movie this week, but holy crap. Anyway, I'll be checking that out. Wish Upon, it's a horror movie. It's like a looks like a monkey's paw type of horror movie where this girl gets this weird uh, music box that grants wishes, but I think there's it's some like- evil happening. Lady Macbeth comes out. Are you excited for this one? Seems like something you'd be excited for, period piece.
1: I heard good things about this. Pretty much nothing but good things.
0: Same here. To the Bone. This is the, uh, this, this is one that's coming out on Netflix. It's the um, eating disorder one, the anorexia one. I'm skipping that. Uh, Swallows and Amazons. I'm not sure what that is. Endless Poetry. It's the new Jodowarski. Excited for that um, yeah. one. Yeah.
1: I kind of forgot all about it. I thought that came out like four years ago.
0: No. Coming out. Coming out this week? Coming out now.
1: Getting that endless poetry. I'll check it out. Hit or Um, miss with this
0: guy. Yeah, I'll I'll probably skip it. It doesn't look great to me.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Chasing Coral. This is another Netflix one. It's a documentary about coral. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chasing it. Chase that coral. Chase it down. Hunt that coral down. Should be relatively easy. I would think so. Really um, well underway, I I don't think it moves very fast. Yeah. No. Also
1: blind. This I I have a hard time believing this is a real movie. I just don't. I don't think it is. I don't think this is some sort of joke.
0: That yeah. Everyone
1: agreed upon to put it in with the rest of the new releases, but I don't think it's real.
0: Yeah, I think it's a movie that came out in 1996 that they're just re-releasing. <laughs> Alec Baldwin plays a blind novelist. Yeah. And he he rediscovers his passion for life and writing. Yeah. When he has an affair with Demi Moore. (laughs) You tell me that didn't come out in 1996.
1: (laughs) It's a restoration.
0: (laughs) This is is not a new
1: release. Finally, they found it in a vault somewhere. They restored it. Now it's finally going to get its due. Blind. Blind.
0: His career would have been...
1: Completely different if it would have came out in ninety
0: six. Would've would have cracked his career wide open.
1: You know it.
0: Alright, what else do we have? False confessions and footnotes.
1: Footnotes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah kind of a humdrum week. Yeah. Right. I mean you got that you got that Planet of the Apes coming out. Yeah, that's that's the I only mean, one that I'm gonna, even mildly interested in.
1: How are you gonna contend with that Planet of the Apes? I guess. Just you just gotta you gotta Step off to the side. Let the apes do their thing. Then you can come Come back. But you can't come back next weekend because that's Dunkirk. So that's not a good weekend. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Keep next weekend free as well. All right, let's see what's uh, on VOD. Tuesday the 11th we have Love at First Child, A Beginner's Guide to Snuff, She Makes Comics, Not My Day, Gremlin, and The Answer. These are all on the 11th. This is all on Tuesday the 11th.
1: That's all on Tuesday
0: yeah that's just Tuesday she makes comics as a documentary about women in comics it looks pretty poorly made a beginner's guide to snuff is the new movie from the butcher brothers these guys I feel like I I always try to give them a shot but I'm always disappointed in their stuff so again this is one that I might I might take a look at it we have a screener for this but I haven't had the time to to give it a look yet I might still gremlin is this I think the name speaks for itself it's a horror movie about a little gremlin or something. Yeah, but it's like ginormous. As big oh. as,
1: it's bigger than a house. Oh, is it? This, you get, a guy gets a box containing a terrible secret. A, cu- a creature that would kill everyone else in his family unless he passes it on to someone he loves to continue its never-ending circulation. So it seems like to keep it from killing people, you just got to hand it off to someone you love, which seems kind of pointless, doesn't it? Like you just keep getting handed off
0: forever yeah i mean just do it just hand it off you know and and you would think if because the only thing that ruins it
1: is if it goes to someone that doesn't have anyone that they love you know to hand it off to and the thing that the gremlin does is it kills everyone else in your family well if it gets to that person and they don't have anyone to love which means they can't hand it off that means that the gremlin's going to kill everyone he doesn't you don't have anyone to kill anyone. he doesn't have anyone
0: to love yeah, so just give the fucking box away.
1: you just just that I hope that's what it is. I hope it's 89 minutes of just someone handing box off. Box handoff.
0: <laughs> you never see the gremlin. It, <laughs> it never comes the, out. The box has always so, been... Well, a hand comes out at one
1: point because <laughs> the guy has a couple other errands that he has to do first and he kind of forgets about it. But as soon as that hand comes out, he remembers and then hands it off. <laughs> to like his grandma or something. <laughs> uh, That's a stupid movie.
0: Yep. On the 13th, we have a movie called The Sabbatical, which is a uh, a comedy, romantic comedy, I think. Looks okay. all right. And then on the 14th, we have Chasing Coral on Netflix, as well as that other one I mentioned. But what, what the hell is it called? To the Bone. To the Bone. To the bone. Blu-ray this week. This for Tuesday, July 11th. We have Pulse from 2001 coming out on Arrow. Got a 4K release of The Fifth Element. Got Species from 1995. I don't know if this is like a new thing. Oh, it's a collector's edition from Shout Factory. So Shout Factory is putting out that. That, that should be pretty good. Uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong getting a 4K release. Lost City of Z fate of the furious Leon, the Professional is getting a 4k release. That's cool. Violet is coming out. I wanted to see that. I don't know what happened. I, the, that movie, I saw that it was coming out soon. And then all of a sudden it just, I never saw anything else about it. It was like, when, where did this come out? When did it come out? And now apparently it's going to be out on blu-ray. Yeah. Cause I was really interested in that.
1: skipped past everything.
0: Yeah. Uh, some movie called the black room is coming out. Uh, What else we got here? Folk Hero and Funny Guy.
1: I feel as though that's probably on Netflix already. Probably. (laughs) It feels like a Netflix
0: title. It absolutely feels like a Netflix movie. Hot Tub Party Massacre. Ah, you get it? Yeah. Get it? Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. I'm scrolling through here. Looks like there's a Blu-ray release of Don't Look in the Basement from 1973. Shakes the Clown from 1992. Okay. <laughs> getting getting released on Blu-ray. That was the, uh, I think that was Bobcat Goldthwait's first movie, wasn't it? I,
1: I think so.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was his, his uh, directorial debut. And that's pretty much it. Before I get into the criterions, I, I forgot that I want to discuss
1: this because I did, just recently found this out through a trailer before Spider-Man. They're remaking
0: Flatliners. Oh, God, yeah. What? With Ellen Page, that looks.
1: God, does that look terrible?
0: Yeah, I don't that know looks, why. Like what? Like uh, out of all the movies you could remake, why Flatliners? Like I just I don't understand. Was that movie even big? Did it do well? Like, uh, I did. This
1: is what I don't understand. If our studio's trying to lose money because I'm starting to think that they are. That there's something going on where they just have to dump money. I don't know if it's like a Brewster's Million type situation where they have to get rid of it, but they actually have to like kind of spend it. You know what I mean? Like they just can't dump it all at one time. They have to make shitty movies because it's just getting more and more baffling. Why the stuff that they choose to remake and what they choose to turn into movies, you know, like animal crackers.
0: I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they're doing the whole, as I feel like there's a lot of movies. I'm not completely opposed to, to remakes. I'm really not.
1: No, there's a lot of cool ideas out there that would that you could actually remake, and it would be interesting. But I don't know if Flatliners is one of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was. It's funny because you know, right now we're we're deep into the New York Asian Film Festival, and a lot of these movies that I've been seeing, I I think to myself, I wonder what an American version, an English language version of this movie would be. Because you know, we've we've seen that happen multiple times over through through old boy or the departed. And I feel like a lot of these Asian movies could get remade for an American audience. And although I don't necessarily think that's good or bad, it is what it is. Like that's just something we have to live with. The fact that there's a huge number of amazing Asian films that come out that just don't get seen by people because it's subtitled or it's not, you know, they they feel like it's too culturally different or something like that or whatever the reason. Yeah. And they don't get to see these great movies and these great stories. And so I think to myself a lot, like oh, I, I wish they would remake more of these so people could experience some of these really fantastic uh stories. But no, yeah. they're doing flatliners. It's yeah. cool.
1: Flatliners well, for that flatliners reboot. That fucking time,
0: right? I know. I just wish uh who was it Noel Wiley in, in the original one? Or was it one think, of the Baldwins? I <laughs> think, think they will do a cameo. I mean, I know Julia Roberts and Kiefer Sutherland were in were in the original. But I think it was like I can't remember if it was a Baldwin or I think it was a Baldwin. I think
1: yeah, I think it was I think it
0: was Baldwin. the one from the Baldwin from uh backdraft. Billy Baldwin. Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts,
1: Billy Baldwin, Oliver Platt, Kevin Bacon. Like oh God.
0: yeah, Oliver Platt, that's right. You know, I I I liked uh all you get is
1: Ellen Page. That's it?
0: Like is there anyone else in that movie? That's Diego Luna's in it.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Oh, Kiefer Sutherland is in it. New oh, He one.
1: probably plays probably plays like
0: a teacher or something. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. Do, but does he play the same character? So okay, and the new one his name's Nelson. What is his name in the original one? Nelson. Okay, so he plays the same character too.
1: Oh my God! So it's a
0: sequel. Holy shit! This is a sequel. This changes everything, Kevin. <laughs> we just blew it wide open. Newsflash! Oh my! Flatliners God. 2017 is a sequel, not a remake. I just I I'm really hoping that anyone
1: at this point in time when they're listening to this, they just go, Yeah, every, everyone knows that it's a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they haven't even been trying to hide that. But we just figured it out. We cracked it open, and you know what he's going to do? He's going to—he's going to, you know, give him some info how to survive this thing. So we, I guess that's the other thing is we were led to believe that Kiefer Southern was the only one. I never seen the first one. I don't know what happened. Maybe they—maybe <laughs> they all do die except for him.
0: I can't remember actually. I—it's funny because I was a really big fan of the original Flatliners. I liked it a lot. I had it on VHS, but I, I cannot remember who who dies if anybody
1: see now we're down on this whole flatliners thing short version
0: i don't think the new flatliners looks good no no i'll be skipping that one i like ellen page but yeah not enough for me to go see flatliners
1: no plus i don't know if ellen page could you know just uh like a starring role i don't know if she has that
0: no she was in what you call it juno big big movie big starring role for her
1: yeah, I, I think that worked. But I don't know if anything else has worked for her
0: Yeah, Yeah, um, what you call it? She was in... What? What the hell was that movie before? It was before Juno. It was... um, oh God, what was it called? I keep wanting to say Bait, but I know it's not Bait. Hard Candy. She was in Hard Candy. Oh, okay. I know saw Hard Candy. She was the Should main character out? in that. She was really good in that. I'll to
1: check that out then. I, okay, yeah. I've been wanting to see that
0: one. Yeah, that one's good. Anyway, Criterions. Oh, Okay, we got uh, Roberto Rossellini's
1: War Trilogy getting a re-release on that Blu-ray, getting three on there, Rome, Open City, Pisan, and Germany Year Zero getting that Blu-ray treatment. And then the argent from uh, Rob Brisson, his final film from 1983. If you're, I'll probably still check it out. I don't know. I've got a love-hate relationship with this guy.
0: There you have it. I think that's gonna do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at FilmPulseNet and at Filmpulse Kevin. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rickstraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.